to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I have Latasha Brooks here from Coach Brooks Business Consulting, and I'm so, so pumped to be speaking to you. Welcome, Latasha. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm super excited. Amazing. We're going to have so much fun uh, because you have a really, really cool, interesting story. So before we get into that, though, can you tell us a little bit about your business and about what, what it is that you do? So I am a business coach. Um, I do coaching and consulting and mentoring. And so I've been in business for over 13 years. Um, I was pushed into entrepreneurship at a very, very young age. And so um, it stuck with me. Um, But unfortunately, you know, when you are pushed into something that you really didn't choose. And so I joke all the time and tell people I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. Um, it's hard because you learn a lot of lessons, you know, and so um, it's been quite a journey, but I, I do love coaching, consulting. Um, I do all things business development. And okay. so it's not really an industry specific type of thing. It's anybody within business. Yeah. And so that's what I do. Amazing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm so intrigued to see how you got started because you were kind of like, you got pushed up. So let's start there. How did, how did this all happen? So um, I have two older sisters and we're six and four years apart. So we didn't grow up together. We didn't go to school together. We didn't do the same activities or anything. So um, my youngest sibling, who's only a year younger than me, we grew up together. And um, he's a boy. So I was a tomboy. And by the time I got into sixth grade, I decided that um, I knew one of my talents was performing arts. And so I made the audition for the largest performing arts studio in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, I was super excited. Me and my best friend both got in. We were auditioning on this specific day. And my oldest sister, who's six years older than me. So, you know, as a big sister, when a big sister come to you, you, you got to deliver. And she's like, I need you. Now, they were already into business in high school, doing all kinds of events and all kinds of stuff. And she came to me one day and she was like, I need you. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what do you need from me? And she needed me to plan an event, to choreograph, to do all the things that I enjoy doing anyways as a sixth grader. And when she finally brought me all the details, it was the exact same day as my performing arts audition. And so, of course, it was I had to choose. I had to choose to either help my big sister or live out my dream of performing arts. And I chose to help my big sister. And not only did I choose to help my big sister, I convinced my best friend to come on and help me too. And so that's how I got started in the business world, entrepreneur taking leadership in as 12 years old, you know, and making decisions. 
And so I was this kid with all these adults um, making decisions and running the show and giving advice and telling people what to do. And so um, I was pushed into it. And I'm so glad because it, it, it equipped me. At 18 years old, I landed a corporate job making $50,000 at 18 years old, only 18-year-old that I knew, um, teaching corporate America. And that was only because of the skill set that I learned in the entrepreneur world that my, my sister forced me into. And so I always tell people, I'm like, even though it's a passion for me now, I didn't choose this life. Like this life was already chosen for me. And I'm glad that it was. Yeah. It changed my life. Wow. Okay. So that, I mean, 12 years old. So let's go back to that, that, you know, when you had to make that decision, because that could have, your life could look completely different. So was it an easy, I mean, I, I can't imagine it was an easy choice for you, but did it come down to kind of like family versus, you know, what were kind of almost, you know, I'm sure that maybe you had a pros and cons list. Like what was on that? <laughs> It was it was hard, I'll tell you, because I knew I was good at performing, mm. you know, and um, I didn't grow up with my sisters. And so, you know, it was more so like there was a lot of resentment at the beginning because my life could have been completely different. Mm. And at a young age, I was I was living somebody else's dream, but it was my sister. You know, I'm bailing out my sister. And so it was kind of like I didn't have a choice. Um, but they did ultimately leave it up to me. They're like, okay, you, if you, if you can't do it, it's okay. But you know, as a young girl, I'm like, I can't not do it. You know, this was my opportunity to hang out with the girls, you know? And so it was like, I have to do it, but there have been many times, especially when entrepreneurship was a struggle. There have been many times where I've said to myself, what if I would have just picked performing arts like I didn't pick this you know and I've told myself that a million times like wait a minute I didn't sign up for this you know so there's been times that I've questioned like "Mm, I wonder what life would have been like I could have been dancing for Chris Brown I could have been you know Beyonce's backup dancer I I have these thoughts in my head all the time because that's a skill you know and so I've struggled with that I still think I struggle with that like what could life have been like it's and that's that's always the thing when for anyone who has um, any like dual passions or dual talents or anything like that, where you always think if you go back to that sliding door moment, how, you know, what the trajectory, how different that could have been, which is, wow. So that's, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. So let's then go. So you're 18 and you've landed your a corporate job paying you a buttload of money for being 18. Yeah. So tell us about like, how did you, you know, almost how did you get there? What was up the path to that? And then, and because I do then want to go into, then you got into entrepreneurship, obviously, off the back of that. But let's let's talk about your corporate job and what that was kind of like for you. So corporate America taught me a lot. And what I did not realize at 18, because, you know, I'm still vulnerable. I'm still a child mm-hmm. at 18 years old. Um, and nobody around me was in the position that I was in. I was always the youngest. Um, I've always had more skill sets and I've always been, quote unquote, different. You know, I was I was disciplined. I was trainable. Mm-hmm. I was um, the, the best pick for any type of supervisor because you could mold me and I listen, you know, and I think outside the box. And so when I landed in corporate America, 
I didn't realize what big deal it was to automatically start off with PTO, automatically have insurance that covered everything. Like, I'm like, what is this? You know, it was new. And um, I didn't realize when I was in the position, I did not realize how powerful I was. I didn't realize the voice that I actually had at the time because I was being molded and shaped and made into this perfect um, employee. And I had a male supervisor, which is, I always say to this day, you know, he equipped me for my next phase in life because males are different from females. You know, he didn't see me as competition. He didn't see me ever as like stealing his job. He knew that he had a secret weapon. And if, if done correctly, he could mold me into this, this, this great corporate person. And he did that. And so I took the skills that I learned with entrepreneurship at a young, early age. Mm-hmm. I allowed this vet to mold me in the corporate world. And that's what birthed the entrepreneur world for me, because I got a piece of entrepreneurship. I got a piece of corporate America. And together, those two are unstoppable. And anytime I meet anybody, whether it's celebrities or um, clients, they always compliment the way that I handle things, the way that I'm disciplined, the way that I'm organized, the way that I have 48 hours in a day, some odd reason how I get 48 hours in a day, but everybody else have 24 hours in a day. (laughs) And it's just the compliments that I'm like, I know where that came from. You know, I know how I got to where I'm at now. It wasn't again because I chose it. It chose me. And so corporate America is a very secret weapon in being successful in the entrepreneur world because corporate America teaches us things, too, to help you survive entrepreneurship. You just got to know how to put them together. Yeah. Super, super interesting. And are there, what are kind of like the top one, two, maybe three things that you think were the biggest skills that you learned from corporate America? So corporate America, believe it or not, um, it teaches you how to be, how to manage your time. So when you work for corporate America, you get a job description, right? And again, at a young age, I didn't know that them having me do all this other stuff that wasn't in my job description wasn't really right. You know, like I had, I had a choice to say, wait a minute, you, you chose me to teach. You didn't choose me to do accounting too, or HR too, you know, but I didn't know any better. And so it, it taught me how to know how to adjust in the business world and do whatever needs to be done. Because at the end of the day, somebody has to do somebody. And then it also taught me how to like the military discipline. You are scheduled to be to work at eight o'clock. You're going to arrive to work, not at eight o'clock because you're going to be on the clock at your desk at eight o'clock, but you're going to arrive a little bit earlier. You have to plan out your day. You have to repeatedly do the same thing, which then makes you an expert because you're doing the same thing every single day. You have to schedule your life around this work schedule because you don't get to just say, I'm not going to show up today. I'm going to sleep in today. No, you have to, you're scheduled to be at work. And so corporate America teaches you how to do these, these little tasks that end up being so important in life because as an entrepreneur, I have to schedule myself. Mm. I have to do things that I really don't want to do. You know, I have to work with people that I really don't want to work with. Okay. (laughs) And so corporate America teaches you how to adapt to the world. 
because it's not just about you. It's a collective team that comes together to produce something great. And so I always tell people, you know, mimic corporate America as a small business owner, because it teaches you those things that nobody else is going to teach you or you don't realize that's being taught to you. So, yeah, totally. I I 100% agree because I also, my background is also in corporate and then I went into entrepreneurship and there are so many skills. I mean, for all the politics and all the other things that happen in um, in the corporate world like there are so many things so many intangible great things that you can lift and shift and take into and really set you up in good stead um, in entrepreneurship so totally totally agree okay so how long were you actually in cor- in corporate America oh so that's interesting <laughs> up until the pandemic about three years ago is when I actually left corporate America Wow, so you so the entire time I was in school full time, honor roll student, working full time, being a wife and a mother full time, and running multiple businesses full time. Talk and about achieving. <laughs> wow. Tell me about it. And still kind of like enjoying life and taking care of myself and doing all the, you know, and that's why they say I have 48 hours in a day. Because how do you even accomplish all of this stuff in the same 24 hours that everybody else have? But what I will tell you is that um, if it wasn't for the pandemic and my CEO at the time wanting me to choose between family and the business, I would have never left corporate America. Corporate America, I was working from home. Um, I did not answer to anybody except the CEO. And um, I was doing my dream job. Like I, I, I didn't have to do anything. You know, it wasn't real work. You know, it was me training, leading, organizing, things like that from home. You know, dream job. And the pay was great. I got to pick my own salary. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had no reason to leave corporate America. Guaranteed check. One person to to even talk to, you know, and working from home, you know, I got to work in my PJs, stuff that nowadays during the pandemic is just like life. But I was doing all of that prior to the pandemic. And so I would have never left corporate America. And I'm glad that it happened the way that it happened because I needed to leave corporate America in order for me to truly be happy. Um, and to do what I really wanted to do in life, you know, and to scale my business, I, I had to leave corporate America. And so it was, um, it was handicapping me mm. and I didn't realize because I've been in it for so long. I've been in it for 13 plus years. And so I, I didn't realize the, the change that it had yeah. for me. And, you know, and I try to talk to people about that all the time because it's a mindset thing. You know, it's a mindset thing. I'm like, oh, this guaranteed check. I make four or five. I make what I made in a year, a month now, Mm. you know? And so it was like, I was holding on to this guaranteed check that now I have no ceiling, no cap, Yes, you know? And so it's crazy because it's like, I wonder if the world knows, you know, (laughs) the world knows what we're capable of doing when we put our all into it. Yeah. I love that. So tell Talk to us about what that transition, like a, you know, it was good that you were forced to to leave. So awesome. Like kind of in a way the decision was made for you. So and because that's sometimes the hardest part, right, is actually right. making the decision. And that was kind of like taken away. Awesome. Okay. So then talk us through that transition then into like, okay, well, oh no, like now I, I, I have full-time, like full-time on this thing, which is probably foreign to you as well because you're always constantly doing multiple right. things at the same time. 
So what was that like for you? And, and what was kind of almost like what was going on through your mind? So I had already talked to my husband about an exit date. Mm. And the crazy part is, is that looking back on it now, every time the exit date get close, I will push it back. Yeah. And I will always make an excuse. And yeah. the excuse always sounded so good to me. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think I was on my third exit date. Right. And this time it was only like a month between. It was like February or March, right? And um, I said to myself, I'm leaving regarding this date no matter what. And the situation happened prior to, which made me forcefully leave mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that what it took for me to actually leave? Because I know for a fact that the minute that date came back around again, it was going to be some type of excuse. Yeah. And I've been laid off of a job before. And so, you know, when you feel like you in a crutch and you have to make hard decisions and stuff, you're you blame yourself. You're questioning everything. This time was so different. I called my supervisor and I was like, I mean, my CEO at the time. And I was like, nope, I cannot do this. And it felt so good. <laughs> and before I did it, I called my husband. I was like, just want to let you know, this is it for me. And he supported it, of course, which was so weird because, you know, you, you're thinking of all the things that could go wrong with you just walking out of a corporate job. And, um, and then when I got that like approval from him, like do what you have to do. If you feel disrespected, you know, we know you, you're not going to tolerate disrespect. You know, you're not going to pick corporate over your children, do what you have to do. And I felt so good afterwards. And so I was like, this is nice. This is different. Like who quit, who leaves, you know, something that's been so great to you and feel good about it. And so I told myself, I was like, okay, you're not going to jump right into entrepreneurship full time. Give yourself some time. Process what just happened. Because mentally, I'm going through a completely different change in my mind. But I I know for a fact, looking back on it now, I was so ready. I was so ready. Like I handled it like a boss, you know, and I felt control. I felt like I had some power over my life. And my say so. And if anybody ever put me against the wall and want me to choose between my children and anything, whether it's money, family, friends, life, I'm going to always choose my children, you know, and I could tell my children needed me. And that was the time for me to stand up for them and say, hold on. No, I'm not going to be confined to an office when I have two children out there that's going through the same thing the entire world is going through and they need me. You know, and no, I'm not going to put their educational hold because you want me to be in the office sitting around waiting on you to call me for no reason. Like I have children to attend to. And it was like one smart comment, like, um, when are you going to start doing your job or something and, and something crazy like that? And I was like, he put it in an email and I was like, okay. Okay, call my husband. I was like, I'm about to call him. I just want you to know what's about to happen before I call him, right? And I was, by the way, that is great self restraint, right? (laughs) You took the time to call your husband because, oh, OMG, I don't know. It was so bad because I'm like, after everything I've done for the company, you take that opportunity to throw a jab at me that you know is not true. You know, you just praise that I just saved the company millions of dollars and all of this other stuff, but you took a time to take a jab at me, you know, and 
and you want me to choose. I'm never going to choose anything other than my children. Never, ever. And so it was fun for me to transition because I mentally told myself, take a break. Yes. Prepare. And now everything you did for corporate America, you do for yourself. Everything I did for corporate America, I'm doing for myself. And it worked. Okay, so now I want I want to I want to talk about what you yeah you're sorry I'm just like I'm still really I'm still trying to process all the things that you're saying so you yeah you kind of like were like no this is it uh, I'm gonna you did take some time I'm assuming a little bit of time because I bet you were already you already had a business plan that you were like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I was ready to go I was yeah, ready exactly. to go. Um, but you were like no 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 I need to take some time so let's take some time and then you went hell for leather I'm assuming. Talk us through, because, you know, we all know that, by the way, was this a new business that you were starting once you decided? No. Oh, okay. Right. So I, I used to have 14 companies. <laughs> and at that time, I was literally trying to run multiple businesses at the same time, but they were all doing something different. And so looking back at it now, it was impossible for me to give all 14 companies the time that it needed. And so I started observing the stuff that I was lacking. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I just wasn't doing right. And so that allowed me to open up and say, girl, shut down some of these businesses. You're not even doing anything with them. You just own them. You're just paying for them. They're not making any money. Right. And so it allowed me to evaluate, think about what I was doing, organize and structure the yeah. correct way and get stuff in order. So can you give us some examples of some of these businesses? <laughs> like, yeah. what? So uh, a bad thing about me, and I'm I'm very transparent, okay? So I um I have a little control issue, okay? And so when I hire people to do something for me, I have these high expectations. This is what corporate America has done to me, right? Because when somebody pays somebody to do a job in corporate America, they expect you to come in, overproduce, to keep that job and you're going to do everything I need you to do because you want to keep the job. So corporate America scarred me like this. Okay. And so when I hire people to do things, I always want the best. I want the best of the best. I want the good timeframe. I want, you know, I'm going to pay you great. That's never going to be a problem, but I need you to over deliver because I'm giving you what you need to over deliver. And it kind of backfires on me because (laughs) when you hire people, so here's what I tell everybody. We all say we really want to be the boss until it's time for us to be the boss. Yes. It was so easy to have a CEO that I can run everybody else to who I knew wasn't going to go deal with the CEO because the problems they bring to me, they wouldn't dare bring to the CEO of a company. Mm -hmm. And so I could run things off to the CEO when stuff wasn't going right. Go talk to the CEO about that, right? But now I'm the CEO. And Mm -hmm. so when stuff's not going right, I can't send them to nobody else to go and talk to. And I have to deal with the stuff. And so when I'm hiring people and they're not doing their job, I have to then fire these people. But then when I know that you are a single mother or a single father, or you've tried, or you have a felon, or, you know, life is just not going great for you, or you just lost a parent or some type of excuse it makes it so hard for me to do what I have to do as a CEO because I'm trying to be friend and CEO at the same time, which never mix. And so it scarred me because when people did not deliver the way that I expected them to deliver, I always did it myself. 
And that burned me because I went from coaching, event planning to marketing, website design. to I mean, everything you could think of, trademarks. I mean, I literally started a business doing it because I've invested money into learning how to do it. And so now I got to get a return on my investment. So now I'm doing this as a business because that's the best way to get the return on your investment. And I didn't know any better because I didn't have the proper guidance and mentorship to teach me that, no, you don't need 14 businesses. You just need seven streams of income. And so I went from adding every time I I did something from designing to printing curriculums, educating, all of those things became a different business when technically they shouldn't have been a business. They should have just been a stream of income. Yeah. But I didn't have the right mentorship or the guidance to teach me that. And so I did it all wrong. I did it completely wrong. Wow. Okay. So was that one of the first things that you did when you were now full-time on your business was like, I need to find a mentor who can set me straight. (laughs) So let me tell you, I I, I joke about this all the time. Um, So I married into military. And so we've been going now for probably like 11 years or something like that. Right. And so when I married into military, of course, we have to move. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved, now remember, I've been working with my sisters and I've met some new people with my sisters, but they're always older than me. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved, I decided that I wanted to do things my way. Right. And I became, you know, I was working corporate America. I'm still helping them on the side, making side money. And I want to be in charge. Right. I don't want to have to answer to the big girls anymore because, you know, they we don't do things the same. I'm the young, fresh tender and they're the old women. And so in my mind, this is this in my mind. And so I wanted to do things myself. And so when I left, I branched out on my own mm-hmm. and I started my own company. But I laughed and, and now I can laugh about it because I tell people the first five years in business, I did nothing. When I branched out on my own and I thought I was the boss and I knew what I was doing and nobody could tell me anything, I knew nothing. So I spent five years going in circles, Mm. doing absolutely nothing because I didn't know who to go to because I've always had big sisters to figure all that part out. So I didn't know it was so much more to entrepreneurship than it was with being the boss and in charge and all of that. And so the first five years was a joke. It wasn't until, um, and then when I got clients, I made everything about my clients. So then for another five years, I put myself on the back burner. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about me. It was about me saving everybody else. Yeah. And so I spent another years, another group of years producing millionaires And producing all of these other business owners, because, you know, that's what corporate America used me for. I was able to make corporate America millions, Mm. you know, so I wasn't in the right mindset to realize what I was doing for people. I should have been doing for myself. And instead of me putting myself first, I was putting everybody else first. And then when I left corporate America, that's when I decided, okay, girl, you got to put you first. Now, everything you you've watched people become millionaires based off of the things that you produce based off of the things that you've helped them accomplish so now it's time for you to do that for yourself and the minute I put me first it just changed the game it it just changed the game it it equipped me to be even a better consultant and coach you know because I live this stuff now 
You know, I teach from experience. You know, I I understand what they're going through because I know their struggles, you know, versus me treating it like corporate America where you just hire me in and I clean up and fix up and strategize. And then you implement and you go on with your life. You know, I now I teach based off of what I've been through because I've been through so much and I've seen so much, the good, bad and the ugly. And so that's 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 how I teach. Wow. Amazing. Okay. I know that we are um, running short on time. So I did want to ask you about how you actually do your marketing now, because, you know, you've been able to make a success, be able to create a successful business, oh, make a success, um, create a successful business. And, you know, I would love to know what you currently have done for your marketing and then what's next for you. What, what will you be doing, you know, over the next year for growth? So I am very big on authentic authenticity, you, you got to be honest. You have to have integrity and you have to keep it real regardless. And so my marketing has been all authentic. It's me. I don't have anybody running my social media except my LinkedIn. I just hired somebody to handle LinkedIn okay. and she takes everything off of other social media platforms. So she put it on LinkedIn. Um, but I had all of my own social media. Um, I show up as me. Sometimes you get a full face of makeup. Sometimes you get no makeup. Sometimes you get a bonnet on my head because I'm promoting another small business or you just get me. You know, I I show up as me because what I realized in life when it comes to marketing, people have to know, like and trust you. Mm -hmm. And the only way they're going to do those things, if they know you, they like you and they trust you. And so I am the face of the business. I am me, you know, um, working with celebrity clients. I've learned that a lot of them have a lot of issues because they have a team that's telling them what to do, what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And they never get to be them. And at one time that they show up and they be them and they say a bad word or the grammar's not correct or punctuation's not in the right place. The internet attacks them because you've pretended to be some somebody else that you that we don't know. Yes. So when you show up as yourself, when you make a mistake, it's okay. They used to you making some mistakes, yeah. you know. And so that's that's how I treat my marketing. You know, when I'm having a bad day, or if I want to vent, or if I want to um, motivate. Or if I want to be all over the place, I can just do that because you guys know this is Coach Brooks. You know, you can always get the real people. Trust me. You know, they they know that if I'm giving them something, it's something I'm giving them, not some crap that I done read or saw. And so I am very big on just being organic, authentic, just showing up as myself. Yes. I like that. I like that marketing, that marketing strategy, and I'm never going to change that marketing strategy. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, that's core to what we, um, you know, what we always talk about. That's why this podcast is called Remarkable Entrepreneur, because just like you, you shared so many amazing stories about you, your journey, your life, your decisions. um, And that's what we need to be sharing more of. Like as entrepreneurs, we need to be sharing our stories. So yep. thank you for, <laughs> for that. Now, this has been so incredible. Uh, thank you for sharing with our listeners, with me as well. Um, if anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, where is the best place for them to go? So on my social media platforms, I am Money Bags with two Gs, um, 623. 
a colleague of mine named me Money Bags. My previous <laughs> name was Bags. And when he met me in person for the first time, he's like, I like everything about you. You know, you walk like, talk like, you just, you're about your business, you're about your money. And so he named me Money Bags. And Love so it. on every platform, you can find me at Money Bags 623. Um, and that's probably the best place. You'll be able to get all the websites and all the fun stuff of the different ways that people can work with me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Latasha and everyone else. You, I'm sure that you love this episode. So please leave us a review, a rating, share it with your friends, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you once again so much, Latasha. Uh, and for everyone else, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Deidre Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.